We're so glad that you're taking time to listen to this week's message from Bethel Worship Center. Uh, we pray that it blesses you wherever you are in your faith journey. Uh, we do want to let you know that we are open. Our campus is open. Uh, we invite you to go to bwccamden.com. Uh, you can find out everything that we're offering right now at this time and in this season. So make sure to, to, to go there and find the ways that you can stay up to date with everything happening at Bethel Worship Center. But again, uh, wherever you are in your faith journey, whether you are uh, exploring more about faith, learning who Jesus is, learning about God, uh, you're new in your walk with Jesus Christ, or you've been a longtime follower of Jesus, we pray that today's message blesses you, it encourages you, it equips you. So God bless you. Thank you again for taking part. It is so good to see all of you here today, those who are present with us, those who are in the... uh, um uh, maybe online, and, and, and for those who uh, may be watching this days from now, we are praying for you, and we pray that God will move in your heart as we study His Word. You can turn the Bibles to uh, in your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 uh, as we continue this, uh, this series and this text on that uh, we, can, we can dream again. Uh, we can dream anew, and we can dream renewed because of the love and grace and power of Jesus Christ. Uh, and, and so today, we'll be looking at a very familiar passage of Scripture. I do want to say uh, congratulations to uh, every all of our graduates uh, from this weekend. And I, would, uh, and I would also like to... Well, they're probably all at the beach, so I don't know. Hopefully, you're watching online. Okay. Uh, and uh, we, but we are very proud of them, and uh, and uh, and uh, thankful for air, all the young people in our youth ministry, and uh, and all that God is doing in them and through them. I want to say uh, uh, a special thanks to the people of this house. Uh, we have uh, over the last two weeks, uh, we've experienced uh, a couple of occasions of loss, uh, and so I want to thank all of you for your prayers, your intercession during that time, and also preparing meals or sending encouraging notes, cards. Whatever it may be, we have people who are uh, uh, struggling with some things uh, physically that uh, and and need a touch of healing. And, and I feel uh, led by the Holy Spirit for us just to do this right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, you know the requests that have come in, that have been sent to us. You know the ones that have not mentioned to anybody what is going on in, in, in their physical body and in their life, God. We believe and know that you are still healing, the healer. We believe you are healing just as you did when you walked this earth. And we believe that there is nothing impossible for you. So we agree together. We may not even know the person or know what they're going through. But in agreement, in the power of agreement, in this prayer of agreement, we believe, God, that you are able to do your healing touch. So we place this in your hands, God. And I just thank you, Lord, for the servant's heart of this church. And I ask that that would continue to be an influence in this community. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 1 Corinthians 13, oftentimes we lose the, uh, uh, a little bit of it because at the end of uh, chapter, 12, uh, chapter 12 here, uh, he goes into this, Paul says, and he says, now I will show you the most excellent way. And the most excellent way is a four-letter word called? Love. There we go, one person. All right, love. That's good. Paul said, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I am a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have a gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to flames but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. 
It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. Love keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love always protects. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. And love always perseveres. And then in verse 8, he says this, Love never fails. Today I want to talk about a dream of a love that never fails, that is found uh, for us and in us through the love of Jesus Christ. Love, love is the dream uh, of our, our, and the desire of our hearts. It is embedded in us uh, to, uh, that uh, you know, we have been created uh, in love by our Savior. Uh, we are created in the image of God in love. And, uh, and so that's why, you know, as we, that, that seems to be the focus. We are all looking for love and wanting true love in our life, right? Uh, there is a, uh, a, a lot of money to be made in writing love songs, isn't it? That's why people keep writing them, right? Uh, you know, and uh, all of you in here, you probably have your favorite one, uh, the ones that, that y'all sing to each other, uh, you know, uh, these songs of love. And, and, uh, and you can listen, you know, on the radio or on stream or whatever people listen with today. I'm one of those who still uses the radio. That's crazy, isn't it? I flip dials and that kind of stuff. Uh, some people think this world has had enough of silly love songs. I look around me and I see it isn't so. Some people want to fill the world with silly love songs. If you understand what I'm saying, you are very old right now. If you got the lyrics to that song. What's wrong with that? Uh, uh, you know. Uh, you know, but we also know this. Uh, we, there are tons of love songs that are out there. And I'm not going to do it. Okay. There are tons of love songs that are out there. Um, uh, but at the same time, guess what? There's lots of heartbreak songs, aren't there? I mean, that's essentially the blues and country music, right? It is, it is heartache and heartbreak. Uh, there are lots of heartbreak songs that are out there uh, where you know where uh, the, the the love ends, and uh, and and you know, uh, any of you ever sang a song that you thought it was a love song, and you found out it actually was not a love song? All right, the song "Happy Anniversary" is not a love song. Don't sing that to your wife, okay? That song says, we, I know we had some good times, but there was just as many bad. So I wish you happy anniversary. <laughs> that is not a love song. All right. Uh, Say Alone by the Commodores. That uh, uh, sounds like a love song with Lionel Richard singing it. It is not a love song. He says, uh, it, it's, it's, it ain't so hard for, for me to say, would you please just go away? Yeah, yeah, you know. It sounds so sweet with the yay, yay, but that is a, a song of heartbreak and breakup. And most of you probably know this, at least from my generation, or if you've seen a movie recently, but there, there is a, there's literally a song that the words are, love stinks. Okay? All right. I want you to know there is a love that does not stink. There is a love that never fails. There is a love that, is, uh, that comes from God. Uh, we are created in love. We are redeemed in love. And one day we will be received in love by him. That is the love that we need in our life. We, uh, the, the Bible tells us that God's love is not just a sweet, affectionate love. It's a love that was demonstrated by the blood applied. 
His, his love was demonstrated on the cross for us. Uh, his power was demonstrated in his resurrection. And, and he, he, he did that sacrifice so that we could be set free from our sin. For God so what? Loved the world. Loved you and I. That he gave his only begotten son. And whoever would believe in him would not have to perish. We don't have to perish in our sins. We don't have to live in our sins today. But we can have everlasting life in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. That's why this morning, as we sang these songs, all three of these songs that we sang, guess what they were? They were love songs about what the Father has done. They were love songs to the Father and what He has done for us. And so that's, uh, that love of Jesus, I want you to know, you, you may have been burned by, by, uh, by the wrong kind of love today. I want you to know there is a love that will not let you go. There is a love that will hold on and there is a love that never fails. And that is found in the love of Jesus Christ. Now, this silly little illustration of uh, songs and love and heartbreak is really a picture of our world. Uh, Even though we are created uh, in love, a problem has happened and that is sin. Sin has entered the equation and now love has been confused. Love has been misused. Uh, and love has been uh, done uh, completely wrong. Uh, in Mark chapter 7, Jesus tells us that, you know, it, it is not what is on the outside. And what do, what do people always do? We focus on the outside. When they went looking for uh, a, a king and they didn't choose David, you know, because God looks at the heart, not what's on the outside, right? And so uh, in Mark chapter 7, we see uh, Jesus explained this uh, to us and he says, and then he added, it, it It is what comes from inside you that defiles you. That is talking about sin. He says, uh, the next verse in verse 21 says, From within, out of a person's what? Out of our heart. All right. Somebody didn't make us do it. This comes from within. Out of our heart comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, Murder. So long before the action takes place, it begins as a seed planted in the heart. That's why what we talked about the last couple of weeks, we want to make sure we're planting good seeds, gospel seeds. Adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. And then all of these things come from within you. They are all what defile you. In our culture today, everybody's trying to blame and figure out who to blame for whatever problems there are out there. I want you to know that uh, it's good to have righteous laws. It's good to have righteous directions, those type things. But ultimately, the only thing that is going to change the culture into a place of righteousness and justice is the saving and love of Jesus Christ and the transforming mercy of Jesus that changes us from the end side out so that that's how we eliminate all those things that are so prevalent in our world today is having Jesus come and change us and turn us into who he has called us to be. You know, and you can look in the Bible, no greater example than, than Saul, who used to be a murderer, impacted by the love of Jesus Christ. And he becomes a man who preaches these words that we read today. Do you understand that this was a bad man who got changed by the love of Jesus Christ? And now he's saying, love never fails. Love is kind. Love all those sweet things that we will be looking at here in this morning. Uh, in our text, 
Paul is, is laying out to the church at Corinth what the true definition of love is, and it is multifaceted. Uh, obviously, he's writing to a church, so it applies to us as a church body of how we are to act with one another. Uh, marriage is, a, is an example as well. These, these principles can be used and should be used in our marriage uh, relationships, uh, family, whatever it may be. As we read this, you see the fruit of the Holy Spirit uh, being evident in all that we are uh, talking about here today. And we must remember that love must always be first. A lot of times we can miss this. Love must be first in who we are because we have been saved by that same love. Uh, we, you know, our, our greatest, to use this term, our greatest weapon is love. All right, love and truth together. Our greatest weapon is love. And the Bible tells us this. Uh, he says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 21, it says, Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with power, all right, with love, right? We overcome evil by love, uh, with love. And a lot of times the church, we, we don't want to wait for God's love. Or maybe we're just not demonstrating God's love as we should be. Uh, because a lot of times I think as a church, uh, we, uh, we trust in systems of the world more than we do what the Word of God says. Uh, and living that out. Pastor Derwin Gray. Uh, some of you may be familiar with him. He's a great follow uh, on Twitter. Uh, he had an illustration that kind of went uh, viral, I guess that's what the kids would say. Uh, and it was all over uh, there. And what he did was uh, he put on boxing gloves. Uh, and he's a, he's, a, I can't, I, I didn't do that because he's a big dude and I'm not, uh, but he put on uh, boxing gloves and he said, you know, he said something happened several years ago where the church, uh, had this thought that, uh, we somehow, that we, uh, uh, we have to, uh, uh, fight the culture for Jesus. It's almost this mindset. He said that we have to fight to be able to save Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is the one who did the fight to save us. Okay. We need him. And he said, you know, he said, and, and people talk about doom and gloom. He said, the reality is, you know, the church survived Nero. The church survived the Middle Ages. You can go throughout, and I've shared these for years and years with you, all the instances throughout the church uh, history. And then we hear something. And we know in our, in our day and age with media and politics, everybody's trying to divide. And the best way to divide is to scare you, right? All right, it's fear. And so, you know, if this person gets, if this person gets voted in, that will be the death of Christianity in America. And Pastor Derwin Gray said, is God that puny? Is God that small that that can happen? I want you to know you can't happen because he's already said that he will build his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This is the kind of gospel preaching that we ought to be doing. And he, he said, do we believe that Jesus rose from the dead? Do we believe that he placed every star in its place? And, and he, and you know, and, and something I had read this week from Ed Setzer, uh, he, he made the statement that, uh, because he's someone who does studies and he says that what is happening, people are, uh, are, are looking for churches that line up with their political points of view. They want their, uh, uh political, uh, uh, views versus theology. Instead of what kind of theology they are preaching. And they, they, what, here's what he said. He said they want their sermons to line up with what their news says to them every week. That is not, that's the opposite, right? I want my life to line up to what his word says to me. And then we can be that instrument of Sanford. So, so going back to uh, Pastor Gray. 
uh, he, he, said, he said after that, he said, Let's, he said, here's what the church needs to do. We need to take off our uh, gloves and we need to begin to fight with the love of Jesus Christ, the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. Ephesians, I got two passages of scripture, one's from Ephesians 4 and one's from Ephesians chapter 5. We'll read those real quickly here. Uh, we take off our gloves and this is, he said, uh, y'all know that little song, this is how we fight our battles. All right, kind of have that in the background for you. All right. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Making allowances for each other's faults because of how awesome you are. Because of your love. Why, do we, why are we patient with one another? Because of love. Love is patient. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Holy Spirit. That means there's an enemy that's going to try. There's flesh that's going to try to stop that. That's why we, we have to make the effort to make this take place. Binding ourselves together with what? With peace. And then verse 4 uh, makes this statement. For there is one body. There is one Holy Spirit. Just as we have been called to one glorious hope. For the future. That's why the church can't ever say it's doom and gloom. Because we always have a hope and a future in Jesus Christ. Amen. And then uh, Ephesians chapter 5. It says, be imitators of God therefore in everything that you do. Because you are his dear children. Isn't that sweet to know that's how Jesus views us. Live a life filled with, what's the word? Love. Following the example of of Christ. We are, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to be like Jesus. We're trying to live like him, trying to follow the example. He loved us and he offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. This is the kind of love that Jesus has demonstrated to us. And this is the love that we want to demonstrate to the world so that they can know in the midst of all of the anger and hatred and uh, division that is out there, there is a different way to live life. And that different way of live life is the way, is the way that is revealed to us in the love and the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. Everybody still with me? Okay. All right. Good. Uh, and then he begins to talk about, uh, what, uh, love is. And, you know, I, I want to say one other thing that, uh, I, I, I jumped, uh, too far uh, too quickly there. When we said that Jesus will build his church, what we don't understand is, and we don't think all the time because all we hear, if we listen to doom and gloom, we don't see how God is moving all throughout the world. You know, I share with you many times, but this past week, I don't know how many, how many of you see Lee Grady's a post on Facebook where he shared about an unlikely revival that is taking place in New Jersey. There is a great movement of God that is taking place in New Jersey. And guess who is the who were, who are the ones who began to lead this great movement of God? It is Ukrainian immigrants who escaped from the Soviet Union. They have come here and they are come as missionaries from a place of and they have been sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he said in this meeting there were those people coming in. Uh, uh, from Portuguese, from Hungary, from India, from Asia, uh, from Africa, from Egypt, from all different places. And they're coming into this church and becoming a, a body of Christ and a great move is taking place. I want you to know that's just one report. We get so singularly focused, we forget the big picture that all over the globe, there is a great kingdom of God. And then God is moving and people being saved and transformed. 
in a very powerful way. You know, we see in the Bible, there was always, there was a scattering, right? And there was a scattering in the book of Acts. To, to this day, the Lord scatters his people to go to different places in the world and proclaim the hope and the good news of Jesus Christ. So don't, I say all that to remind you, don't ever think that the church can be defeated, that the church can be dead. They can't be dead because it is Jesus, okay? The church is Jesus and we follow him. All right. All right, so uh, getting to these things uh, about love. Love is patient. Isn't that great that he started right with that one? Love is patient. Patience is a struggle uh, for all of us. Some of you will drive from one restaurant to the next restaurant today uh, because (laughs) there's no room and you don't want to wait. Okay, Uh, but uh, patience with each other. Uh, And and what, what we always need to do, we have to remind ourselves when we find ourselves impatient, we need to remember God's patience for us. I don't know about you, the more I, I serve him, the more I am thankful for his patience uh, with me. And I love what the uh, New Living Translation said. He said, uh, t- and be willing to give the benefit of the doubt. We are not quick to do that, right? Somebody's rude, which love is not. Somebody does something. We are ready to respond. You know, I, I, do we have that little second moment think, we have no idea what this person may be going through right now. They may indeed be a jerk. That may be the reality, but there may be a reason why. <laughs> and so, you know, uh, you know, it, it, we give them uh, uh, some, some we, we, we would like a level of grace to be given to us on our, our worst moment and our worst day. So we want to demonstrate that kind of love uh, to one another. I, I read it again, Ephesians 4, 2, always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, making allowance. That's, I, I love that. Making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. So many times we don't make allowance for people's faults. We fixate on it. And we, you know, and please, all of us in here, there's no, no perfect, no, not one. Jesus is working on each and every one of us to make us a reflection of him if we are willing to do that. Uh, 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 be, so we want to be patient with one another. Make that In Romans 12, 2, it tells us that we need to be patient uh, in struggle. Romans 12, 2, rejoice, be confident in hope. Always have confident hope, right? And be patient in trouble. When trouble comes, it's very hard to be patient, isn't it? We want to fix it yesterday. All right? But he says, and he says be uh, patient in trouble. And I love the next line. How do we stay patient in trouble? Keep on praying. Keep on going to God and praying and believing for him to move in this. So we know that love is patient. Love is kind. The world needs kindness. As believers in Jesus, uh, you know, we want this to be uh, who we are. We want it to be our reflex and we want it to be our uh, default kindness. The kindness that was demonstrated uh, by the Good Samaritan in the parable Jesus told when asked, who is my neighbor? He told the story of a man who went overboard to take care of someone who did not look like him. All right. Jesus made the Samaritan the hero on purpose uh, because his heroes would have hated the Samaritan. And so he, uh, he, he said, you know, and we see what he did. Not only did he bind him up, take care of him, put him in an inn. He gave the innkeeper extra money uh, to take care of him just in case he needs something else along the lines. Jesus says uh, this is a demonstration of what it is. And he tells us to go and do likewise. This is a picture of what it is to be kind. And I believe this. I believe kind acts can be something that can be contagious. And here, and I say this to myself, I have to remind myself that. Okay. 
until, you know, we, we want to, we want to get to that place where it's always our reflex, uh, where it's always our, our default in life. But we want to, uh, we want to do kind acts and those kind of things can be contagious. You, uh, right now, you have no idea. There may be somebody today who tells the story of a stranger that was you who did something kind and nice that impacted and made a difference in their life and ultimately showed Jesus to them. That's the, and, and I'm going to use it for a third week in a row here. That story of Cornelius getting saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, that is just absolutely incredible. And then, you know, uh, that, you know, we saw, uh, at that moment, in that encounter between Peter and Cornelius, we saw that all of the, uh, uh division was gone, Jew and Gentile. There is now, uh, you know, in the Bible, uh, there were two races, Jew and Gentile. Now there is a human race that, uh, and, and there are those who are in the church and who are yet to be in the church. All right, those who have been saved and those who will be saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ. All right, and so it says, but in, there, in that talk about Cornelius, if you remember that verse, it said that he was someone who was generous to the poor. He was an Italian regiment leader. Those would not be folks who, at least on the movies, they're not very nice. Uh, <laughs> you know, but he was someone who was generous to the poor, and God used him to be a catalyst of transformation uh, in, in regards to reconciliation. And also, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not just for Jewish believers, it is for the entire globe all over the world. Uh, the Bible says that love does not envy. And what is envy? Envy is when we always want more. Uh, opposite of envy is contentment and generosity. We read a verse last week. Generosity comes from where? It comes from our heart. Proverbs tells us never to envy uh, violent people or to envy sin or sinners. Uh, James chapter 3, uh, verse 16 and 18 Uh, We have these scriptures here. It says, for wherever there's jealousy and selfish ambition. Did it say anything's wrong with ambition? Selfish ambition. There you will find disorder and evil of every kind. You ever notice the Bible's always right about human nature? (laughs) All right. He said, and this is 2,000 years ago, Paul's writing this, and we still see this today. But wisdom from above is first of all what? Pure. It is peace-loving. God help this to be us, gentle at all times, willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no, what's that word, favoritism, and is always sincere. And verse 18 says, and those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace. Lord Jesus, please let that be us. Individually as a body of church, plant seeds of peace that will reap a harvest of righteousness in our lives and for us as a body of Jesus Christ. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. Uh, The Bible says that any boasting we do, we boast in the Lord. Uh, Our call is to die to self and live for Christ. Uh, Philippians chapter 2. That's a verse that you want to try to have another one of those memorized verses because it says that Jesus emptied himself out. He made himself nothing and he uh, became obedient to death, even to death upon a cross. But we know the end of that story is that God exalted him and gave him the name above all names that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord, there we go. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we want to boast, you know, we want, when, uh, when uh, God blesses us, we want to share that blessing with others, right? There used to be an old song that we sing in, 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 as little kids, look what the Lord has done. Y'all know that? He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me when? Just in time. Okay, there we go. 
fun sing-along. All right. Uh, uh, yes, you know, uh, in our lives, uh, you know, we're, uh, we're always looking back at moments and we see what is God is doing. And as we are living our life, we are taking steps of faith. We're saying, Lord, we need you to do something here. We need you to make something happen here for us. The Bible says love is not rude. I think this is a great place for us to shine the light of Jesus in our world because rudeness seems to to be the default uh, of our world. And so we want to uh, we we don't want to be rude. We we want to be a a representation of Jesus. And Jesus was not that way. Uh, It says that uh, love is not easily angered. All right. Uh, Anger, but sin not. Right. All right. There, there, there are righteous things that we need to be upset about, right? We need to be upset about injustice, all those different things that are out there uh, because we want God's righteousness to, uh, to, to rule in our world, in our hearts, in our lives, and especially uh, in the church. And, and uh, there's a passage of Scripture in Ephesians chapter 4, 27 that gives us a good picture of how anger can be destructive in our lives. It says, for the anger gives a foothold to who? To the devil. He gives a foothold to the enemy. When you think foothold, uh, you know, that can be a military thing. You know, when you're trying to win a battle, you want to get a little open place, a foothold. Uh, the salesman that wants to come in and, and get in the door, what does he want to do? You want to get that foot in the door, right? That's what the enemy wants to do. And he will use anger. So if we, if we allow our anger to be unrepented and unresolved, guess what? It will continue to grow. And that is not who Jesus has called us to be. I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying the word of God says that it comes from the enemy. And if I realize that, I want to speak that I do not receive what the enemy wants to put a foothold in my life because Jesus belongs to, I mean, I belong to Jesus and I want to be who he has called me to be. So when that anger comes, we don't want be angry and sin not, right? Is what the word of God says. So he gives you a little grace to get upset and then move on, okay, without hurting anybody. <clears throat> and then it says, love does not delight with evil, but always rejoices with the truth. I wonder if we were to do a journey of our social media post and what we put out, would people see a reflection of us rejoicing in uh, the goodness of God, or would they see us uh, delighting in the, or, or talking about the things that are negative and evil in our world today? Uh, so ultimately, what is our focus in regards to how we live this life out? Uh, there's a great American singer, uh, songwriter. His name is Don Henley. And I've shared with you uh, many times ago that I think he wrote the greatest song on relational forgiveness that has ever been written uh, called The Heart of the Matter. But he made this statement here that uh, when thinking about, you know, we know these things we're supposed to do. Why don't we do them? And he made this statement here, and, and this is in regards to relationships, which is what love is. He said, what are these voices outside love's open door makes us throw off our contentment? We're contentment. We're at peace with God, peace with it, you know, whatever it may be, and beg for something more. I want you to know what you have had in Jesus is more. We used to sing a song. He is more than enough for you. His love is not temporal. His love does not go away. His love is eternal in him as we follow him in Jesus Christ. And then 1 Timothy 6, 6 says this. Godliness with contentment is great gain. We all want to have gain in our life. We want to have godliness, striving to live like Jesus Christ and content in uh, him as well. Then we get to verse seven. Uh, 
And Paul takes this Greek word uh, for always, and he uses it four different times. And in this definition, uh, uh, the, the expanded definition of this Greek word would mean every time continually. Always this, when you hear that, always, when I'm about to read these four things, that is always, perpetually, continually, uh, and, uh, and, and, and always. It says, he matches with these four words uh, to make a point for us. And they all, it all shows the importance of that love relationship. And it says this, he said, love always protects. That means love continually, perpetually protects. Love always, uh, love always protects. Uh, love always trusts, love always perseveres, uh, and love always hope. Here's what love does. Here's what First Corinthian love does in our life. It fills in the gaps in our life. All right, we you know we are right here. Christ is here. We're striving to be like Him. And, and I don't know. Am I the only one who sometimes finds gaps in themselves? All right. Uh, you know, at a red light or wherever it may be. Uh, you know, we, we find these where, you know, these, these verses, I, you get, got real quiet in here talking about what love is, uh, cause they are very convicting. Uh, you know, uh, but we want to, we want to demonstrate that love. We're thankful for God. And so I wanted you to know today, God is there in, in those moments. He's not quitting. He's not giving up on us. He is maturing us and making us into a reflection of Him. And here's the thing, gaps. Uh, whatever they may can create frustration. Uh, uh, there's a place of frustration that happens in my family because I am I live on what is called Lombardi time. And if you don't know what Lombardi time is, it means that if you're 15 minutes, uh, if you aren't 15 minutes early, you're late. All right. Guess what? If everybody else doesn't operate on that schedule, that can cause some problems. That can cause some frustrations, you know. And I just sit in the car and listen to the radio and wait for everybody to get there. Right? You know. With a smile on face. All right, we can go now. You know, that, those kind of things. You see what I'm saying? I use a little illustration there. To You know, sometimes we can have these gaps, and that's where we need to demonstrate. So so 1 Corinthians 13 and 7 is a great place to uh, uh, fill in those gaps. And I realize that there is a gap I need to fill in here uh, uh, real quick. And, 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 and with this, uh, you know, we choose very often to always look at the negative. Uh, and we do it so much and so well that we find that that's how we speak. That's how we talk. And that's how we react. And, and doing so uh, has become, it, it helps, you know, it, we, need, we want God to change that in our heart and our life. Uh, the Bible also says that love keeps no record of wrongs. I missed that one. Love keeps no records of wrong. Is that easy to do? All right. Uh, anybody in here ever heard of a football player by the name of Brandon Bostic? Anybody know that he played at Newberry University? In 2014, I did not know he existed. But he found, come to find out at the end of a game, he plays for the Green Bay Packers. And all we had was one more play. All we had to do was get an onside kick, and we were going to the Super Bowl. That's all we had to do. I never knew who Brandon Bostic was. They kick the onside kick. It's going straight to Jordy Nelson. Brandon gets in the way, knocks it down. We lose the game at the end of the game. Isn't that awesome? And so, so as I say that, you recognize that I have kept a record of wrongs. I know the name of an official. Uh, uh, 
who didn't call a push-off many, many years ago. Uh, That's bad, isn't it? That's bad, isn't it? So, true love, and I want you to know, I have let it go, as you can see. I've moved on, and I've forgiven him. Uh, I'd moved on from that. Uh, so, or at least, tr- here's the thing. In all of these, all of these uh, things of love here today, we, what, we see what love is. And that helps us to recognize when we're not operating in that kind of love. All right? That's where the Holy Spirit comes in. And he does a little stick there. That's not who you are. That's not who I've called you to be. We want to be like Jesus Christ. So this love that is, we, I want to live this in this love. I don't want to live in the love of the world. That's temporal, that changes all the time. This love is the most excellent way. This love is a love that never fails, Scripture says. First, uh, Jesus said in, in Luke chapter 6, verse 31, He said, do unto others before they do unto you. That is not correct. Do unto others as they do unto you. That's not correct as well, is it? It is do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. That's what love does. Love sets that kind of standard. Uh, What God has done is he has made love an action verb. Uh, Love is an action verb in our life. Jesus' death and resurrection is the example of true love. He's modeled what that all is about. And here's the thing about God's love. He knows every one of us. And He loves us. I'm telling you, He knows you and me. He knows every fault, every every shortcoming. But He went to the cross for all of it. He knows our sin. He knows our thoughts. And He offers His forgiveness. But He doesn't just offer His forgiveness... His love changes us. We don't stay like we are. In all of these different loves that we talked about, the dream is to get to that place in our lives where we live with a love that never fails. And we become that reflection of the love of Jesus. The Holy Spirit and His power, His grace, His mercy, they have filled the gap in my life. And they have brought transformation in all of our lives. Our testimony today begins and ends with Jesus loves me. God so loved the world. Now here's the thing. I worry too often that we fill our gaps with pain from the past. We fill our, pa- we fill our gaps with regret. With anger. We fill our gaps with addiction. We fill our gaps with the pleasures of this life. We fill our gaps with status and money. All of those things, those are burdens that are just way too heavy to carry. They will always fail. They will always come up empty. They will always come short. Today, for whoever this may be, I want you to know Jesus came to give rest for your soul. That's not just a good sleep. He came to give you rest and peace. That you are now at peace with God because his love never fails. And you are at peace knowing that he has not forgotten you where you are. 
and he is molding you and shaping you and he is transforming you into the person that he wants you to be in life today. Today, I believe God wants to fill any gaps. Let's stand together real quick here. I want to say something before we pray. I mean, before we, yes, before we pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. With every head bound and every eye closed as we get ready to go into worship here and we sing this song about Jesus who came and filled the gap for us when he was there on the cross with his arms stretched wide. He was reaching out in love for us saying that we don't have to live where we are. We don't have to live in sin. We don't have to live trapped in the things of this world and the pleasures of this life that only disappoint and only destroy. But we can be set free. We can be made whole. We can have new life. We can have a love that never fails in Jesus. And so I pray right now, I pray right now that as we go into this time of worship and we thank Jesus for for coming and filling the gap in our life, if if we see something in us that needs to be changed and transformed, here's the thing, that's, that's exactly what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives this morning. He wants to change us and to transform us. We can tell him right wherever you are as we sing this song, Lord, I'm tired of being angry. I'm tired of being trapped in this area. I'm tired of always uh, reacting in this way. And I want your love to come and change and transform me right now in the power of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So as we sing this song today, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but all of us look within as we begin to sing. Make this your prayer. If there are forgiveness things, I, I use a silly illustration for uh, forgetting wrongs. If there's somebody that you need to forgive, something that you need to let go of, Holy Spirit, right now move. If there is something you need to let go of, this is your moment in time. Say, Lord, this weight has been too hard to carry. I am letting this go and trusting in you. And it's all because of the cross. It's all because of the sacrifice of Jesus. If you need prayer in any way today, we would love for you to reach out to us. You can go to our website, bwccamden.com. Go to our contact page. You'll find a link there to uh, request prayer or send us anything that you uh, would like to communicate with us today. Or you can also simply text the word prayer to 803-676-7566. And we will be back in touch with you to find out how we can be in prayer for you. God bless you. We hope that you have a great week.